the senior bowl has started and now everyone's going to be talking about all the film they're picking up from practices with matchups of some of the better prospects that'll be in the NFL draft. We'll talk about those matchups that stood out to us, but we're also going to have a discussion about what how the Steelers handle the senior bowl as Mike Tomlin was seen on site with Brian Flores, Omar Khan, and a number of other Steelers staff members. How they handle it and how it'll relate to their plans this year right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Also, my Stars and Skulls final grades on the running backs for the Steelers this season. Joined by Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show anywhere podcasts are hosted, but especially on YouTube. Like this video if you see it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our, our daily content, especially our bonus episodes. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of being an NFL GM, managing your own fran- uh, football franchise, this is your chance to do it right now. Download the game at ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store on your mobile device our, our listeners get a 100 free boost to their franchise with using the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on all caps in the game as i said before we're joined by alan saunders who's being a gm himself he drove all the way down to mobile alabama and is chilling well not chilling he's been working hard watching the practices seeing who's connecting with who alan how you doing sir Chilling. It was like 80 degrees today. I ain't done no chilling. <laughs> it was, it's chilling here in Pittsburgh, man. We got hit with snow last night. I am not a fan. I had to scrape my car off and everything this morning. I hate that stuff. But, Alan, I, I wanted to talk to you to start this our, our show today off by talking to you about the Steelers' senior bowl plans. Because, of course, there's a lot of people that are pointing to, well, the Steelers' last two first-round picks, Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, both played in the Pro Bowl, or excuse me, the Senior Bowl. And our guys who, you know, were at positions where the Steelers were kind of looking to turn the page on. And there was some ideas like, hey, you know, that's those were, you know, those are two picks that have worked out for the Steelers, at least in the in the in the first couple of years. But now uh you're going to this senior bowl again, and the Steelers, they're seen on 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 the field. Mike Tomlin's perusing, he's going up to the watch the matchups, he's talking to everybody. Uh, Omar Khan's there. Brian Flores is working the sidelines. The whole, you know, their crew's right. Grady Brown's the defensive coordinator, the Steelers defense, uh, Steelers uh, cornerbacks coach. And so they're there. But is this a year where the Steelers are going to triple down on getting a senior bowl type of prospect? Because they are, they're, they're kind of looking at different positions this year of their import of their, uh, their needs. Yeah. It's two years ago, you know, I, Came here and I saw Najee Harris and I felt pretty confident that I was going to see the Steelers first round draft pick. And last year, um, you know, Kenny Pickett was here. Sam Howell was here. Uh, Malik Willis was here. I felt pretty good about seeing the Steelers first round draft pick. This year, I'm just not sure. You know, the Steelers need a bunch of different positions um, and they have a high draft pick at 17. And maybe that's actually part of the difference is the Steelers are drafting a little bit higher. And, you know, a lot of the guys going way at the top of this draft class in particular are underclassmen. You know, it's just a lot of guys that are not uh, eligible to play in this game um, and so, or just aren't for whatever reason. And so um, there aren't as many guys that I think are first-round options for the Steelers. But, 
you know, the Steelers have those three picks in the top 50. And so there are a lot of guys we're looking at that could be options for their pick number 32 or their pick number 50. And so I just think it's a combination of things. It's not a very, I honestly don't think it's a super strong class, a crop of guys here at the senior bowl. Um, and I would be somewhat surprised if pick number 17 is out there. Um, but also I just don't feel like we have this thought that we did these last two years. where like, Oh, it's going to be a running back. Oh, it's going to be a quarterback. I don't even know if I'm down to like a handful of positions at this point. I'm, hmm. you know, there's a lot of different directions they could go. And so it's a little bit of a different feel to me uh, covering the senior bowl this year, just because I don't feel like the Steelers are sort of locked in on one thing as they have been the last couple of years. And also, even if they were, I, I don't think we'd be finding it here this week. No, I hear you. I hear you on that. Uh, it's it's funny when you, you pointed that out. I lo- just looking at the draft network and pro football focus and their like collective scouting report, big boards out of the top 17 players that they rank only one or two on either board are seniors. So more to your point, a lot of this is going to be underclassmen guys. And that's also what a lot of NFL franchises are leaning towards more, right? Because they want guys who are younger who are going to be able to come in and be kind of like, you know, the Edmonds brothers, who even if they're not exactly who you wanted them to be, they're 24, 25 years old at the end of their rookie contract. So you're getting them at where some guys come into the league, like, you know, Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, Joe Burrow, those types of guys. Um, yeah, I think especially way at the top, right? I mean, it's definitely mm-hmm. a thing. You know, way at the top of the draft, exactly, and and especially you know the Steelers picking in the teens again. Um, I, I think that that's going to give them a chance to get some of the, some of those guys. Uh, but all that being said, I, I just I think it's going to be interesting. Like you said, this doesn't have to be the first pick or the thirty second pick. A lot of these guys that you're looking at here are going to be guys that maybe you're looking at when they pick at 49 or 80 or even after those. And like you said, you know, it's tough this year to to zero in on just one position because as much as people want to say offensive line, you can equally make a case for defensive line or linebacker or cornerback. And you look at, at at all those positions uh, and I'm sure, you know, someone's going to bring up another one. Uh, You know, you could, you could bring a backup edge rusher for what's for, for, for the depth there of all the positions of need. When you get to that third and fourth pick th- this year, it's going to be it's going to be changing with every time the Steelers pick, and of course when other people's pick is you know best player available moves around. But if the Steelers take you know Trenton Simpson out of Clemson in the in, in the first round, you know it's going to be that's, that's going to change the trajectory of okay, well take linebacker off the board for these later picks. They care, they need to go get that offensive line squared. If they take offensive line, where are they going to go after that? I do think it's going to be interesting you know, seeing how the Steelers, because I think you're right. The Steelers, it's been kind of easy for the last couple of years to kind of see where they're zeroing in on and people being telegraphing. Like a lot of people thought last year it was Malik Willis, but it was Kenny Pickett still quarterback the year before that. Everyone kind of knew Najee Harris was going to be the guy. And here we are this year. Maybe it won't be that obvious. Yeah. I think what you really said there really hits for me is trying to organize the coverage of this it's like okay when you when you go and you look at okay quarterback that's going to be the first round okay so what's going to be the second round and then you can kind of figure it out it's like oh well it'll be this or this and then you go into the third round it'll be okay if it's that then it'll be this if it's that then it'll be this and you you could kind of look through the Steelers draft last year and you had a pretty good idea of where positions lined up with the team when I have so many positions available to me in the first round, that means I have all those positions to be. So I got to look at all the first round tackles and all the first round guards and all the first round linebackers, and all the first round corners and all the first round edge rushers and all the first round wide receivers, all the first <laughs> round D tackles. 
And then I got to do that again for every pick because we haven't crossed any off the list. Like exactly. I, don't, I, don't have any, I don't have any good feelings about them going one way or the other. I think you can narrow things down a good bit in the first round, right? Just because based on the available talent, right? There's just only so many tackles that are realistic possibilities to be taken at 17. There's only so many um, defensive tackles. You know, there's maybe only one guard, Osiris Torrance, who I'm sure we're going to talk about because he is the one guy that I think maybe um, at 17 could be an option that is here playing uh, this week. But yeah, it's, it's a really complicated draft year. And I think um, it's also, you know, the other th- the other thing in there is that we've transitioned from Kevin Colbert to Omar Khan. This is Omar's first draft and Andy Weidel and Sheldon White will be running it with him. And so, you know, we had 20 years of Steelers behavior that we could, you know, use to analyze, oh, they did this. Well, when they do this, they always do that. And now, you know, we kind of have to take those with a grain of salt. Um, maybe. I mean, obviously, Omar Khan came up under Kevin Colbert. I'm sure a lot of the things he's going to do are the same, but they might not always be the same. So I think it's, you know, I'm a little bit less hesitant to jump to conclusions based on what I'm seeing uh, because we don't just don't have the the evidence that we had about Kevin Colbert's decision-making that we have with Omar Khan's. Same here. That change was always going to be, you know, obvious to see, uh, you know, obviously going to be interesting just to watch to see what is the pace and the nature of how the Steelers address things. Uh, we'll see how that keeps playing out. But I want to talk to you more about what you saw today in Mobile. We'll go over some of the prospects that, you know, poke their heads up as far as being good or being not so good as far as guys that you saw uh, with, with your own eyes. I was kind of keeping touch from afar, watching the NFL plus stream and things like that and picking up on clips that people were putting out there. But we'll compare our notes here right on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. So don't go anywhere if you want to see our thoughts on what's been going on at the Senior Bowl. But first, before we do any of that, we got to talk to you again about our good friends at Ultimate football gm if you ever wanted to be the be the person who makes the decisions of who to pick from the senior bowl here's your chance just play ultimate football gm it's a mobile device game that you can play right on your phone or your computer if you wanted where you could be the nfl gm pick pick your own franchise pick your the colors of your team where you want to play the name of your team then you could build your, your your stadium, your scouting your scouting crew. You can hire, fire coaches, staff members. You can make the draft picks that you want, scout the players that you want, and then in the season, manage the team how you want and see how they play and see if you can lead your team to glory. When I played, I won 19 championships out of 25 seasons. Think you can do better? Go prove me wrong at Ultimate Football GM. And Locked On Steelers listeners, listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise by using the promo code Locked On when they go into the game store. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, when you enter the game store of Ultimate Football GM. If you want to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store on your mobile device. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's talk more about what we actually saw in this senior bowl. It was, you know, I thought there were some interesting guys that perked up. Who were some of the better players that you saw that caught your eye and said, whoa, okay, that guy's showing up today? Um, I mean, there's a bunch. Uh, it's it's hard because, you know, I think I don't want to – I don't want to make too much out of one practice, right? There's not and again, like a lot this of guys is just day one. You're right. right. There's not like a lot of guys that I want to just say like, oh, he's a player now because he had one good practice, right? I don't know. Um, you know, it, there are some guys that 
I think I learned a lot about. Let's just say that. Um, like Julius Brents, cornerback from Kansas mm. State. Um, I think he's a guy that just looks like a Steelers corner to me. Like he's he's long and he, you know, looks reasonably fast. Um, it was pretty physical today. I think that's the thing that you really learn at the Senior Bowl is it's like, man, not every like 6'2", 185 looks the same. Like guys have different right. bodies, different builds. Um, and on tape, it's just hard to see that. Like you can kind of see how they use their technique and those kind of things. Um, he just definitely really felt like a Steelers corner to me. Um, Cody Mock from uh, North Dakota State, uh, a lot of places list him as a tackle. He played guard today. I've often kind of thought he was a guard, so I was really interested to see how he looked on the inside. Um, you know, obviously playing FCS football, he was probably their best lineman, so, you know, played left tackle. But I think in the NFL he's he's probably a guard, you know, and just sort of had that um, – the kind of big man energy I like to see, you know, had his shirt rolled up and his hair down in the back of his helmet. <laughs> uh, it was just like a guy that looked like he was having fun out there, even though he probably hasn't practiced in 80 degree weather ever, considering he played at North Dakota <laughs> State. Uh, so I just thought, like, th- those are the kind of things I like seeing, like, guys look comfortable. Osiris Torrance, to me, is the, the player that's here that is the most realistic option for the Steelers. Uh, to be their first round pick. I think he's the best guard in the draft. The best guard in the draft usually goes somewhere between 20 and 30. Um, so the Steelers picking at 17, maybe a little early for a player like him and they're picking 32, maybe a little late, but um, maybe they can make a little move or maybe he falls or maybe they reach. I don't know. But I think he is a guy that just fits who the Steelers want to be. He seems like a very high level offensive lineman. I actually got to talk to him today. I'm going to be writing him about him later on tonight and so i think he's you know he seems like a steelers kind of player to me and and just like a really good guard and and they certainly need help in that area um matthew bergeron of the tackle from syracuse Mm, you know yes obviously you have covered pit you know the acc really well syracuse runs the ball right and Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to look at a tackle on that team and say well how's he going to protect my quarterback's blind side i thought bergeron did pretty well um, in the pass protection drills today. You know, I, I thought he looked like he belonged with those other guys. Now those other guys are not, you know, the Broderick Jones and the Paris Johnson and the guys we're talking right. about being pick number 17. But as far as being like guys that you could project to be a starting NFL tackle, guys are going to be probably day two picks. I think he fits in that conversation. I hear that. And you, and again, your, your point here about maybe not being with those guys, but this could put you in a position where, you know, if the Steelers don't pick an offensive tackle at the 17th overall pick, people can't just be like, oh, my God, they pass up on everybody. There's no one else that's even going to be worth their their salt in, in any other picks. They're doomed, you know, which, you know, people people always panic on, on social media about. The and the same thing with corner, right? It's not I mean, this is a right. really deep corner class. Like if they don't get one early, they'll get one. They'll get maybe two. Um, and And so, yeah, linebacker is the one group that I think is not very deep in this draft class. Yeah. And you mentioned. um Simpson from Clemson a little bit like I don't think there are a lot of those guys um no it's it's really not and and so you know obviously you know you cover Pitt and, and Servasio Dennis is here I think this is a big big opportunity for him because I don't think there are a ton of linebackers that I really like in this draft if he has a really good weekend interception today he could move up that board um and a couple guys that I think to me in that area that maybe I wasn't I hadn't seen a lot of um you know 
Ivan Pace, the linebacker from Cincinnati, looked fast, mm-hmm. uh, which is big for him. And and Overshone uh, from Texas, he is a large, large man as a linebacker. I don't know. He kind of looks like Micah Parsons. And, like, that's – if he can run, that's that's really good, right? I don't know. We'll see. You know, that's the other part of this process is that so much of these evaluations, you know, if I really like a corner or a wide receiver and then he goes and runs a 4-6, it's not going to matter. <laughs> you know? Right, right. We got to fill in the second half of this. But I I feel like there were a couple more linebacker options than maybe I thought there were in this class based on uh, some of the guys. I, I especially think um, Pace and Overshone are on the same team together. That's the uh, the national team that practiced first. That They look like they can play. Uh, and so – Maybe there's some some mid-round linebacker options there. That's such a weird position for the Steelers. I have no idea what they're going to do there. Yeah, I don't either because, you know, there's also, also the question about, you know, does Miles Jack, Jack still get it? It could be an 11.2 million pay cut or hit your know, salary cap hit when you look when you look at the situation with what he brought to you this year and the injury questions that came with him. There's a lot of questions there. But back to your point about a lot of those guys, you know, guys that caught my eyes and I was I wasn't there. But I was just kind of keeping track while I was doing my other work here in Pittsburgh and I was collecting clips and things that people were posting and seeing things. Julius Brents had the most good plays of anybody that people were getting. People were just posting him left and right, like, oh my gosh. And for those, when you're you know, with, with Allen's talking about, you know, kind of being a Steelers type of corner, he's six foot four. Uh, and he looked like he was mirror, mirroring everyone when he was out there. He showed great footwork uh, when, when he was. Um, when he was working out there and showing like he, he was able to mirror the ball, play the ball, turn and look for it. Six, four, two Oh four. And uh, I believe Ike Taylor, was he six, four? I think he was. Yeah. So I, I think that there's a chance that the Steelers could look someone his way. And he's a guy who he's not going in the first round, probably ain't going in the second. Maybe he works his way up to the second round. If he keeps putting together good tape here at the senior bowl and then runs really well at the combine. And then we're talking about him a lot differently, but he's one of those guys where if they don't get Joey Porter jr. Or Christian Gonzalez, or one of the people that people have just been screaming about because they know that they were, you know, college stars at their schools. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that you could fall back on. And then Damar and Overshone, it's another six, four guy. Like I said, he's massive. If he can move, that's another option for the Steelers. So maybe you don't have to rush and get a linebacker early. Um, and I, I will shout out Servasi Dennis because he's I, he, I've always thought he's a very smart player. He's very he, he can adapt to so many different things. He doesn't have over big size or anything like that. But if he can test well, I think that'll do well. I got a question for you, though, Alan. The big person that everyone was talking about heading into the senior bowl, though, was Dewan Jones, the other offensive tackle. Everyone's going to talk about Paris Johnson and the, the the primary offensive tackle of the Ohio State office, but everyone's been talking about for the senior bowl, you know, Dewan Jones, offensive tackle, 6'8", like 350, 360, whatever he weighs, um, and that he's you know has the biggest wingspan in the history of the senior bowl measurements. What was your sense of watching him? Because – He's a guy, I still don't see him being picked at 17, but he's a guy that some people are projecting to be anywhere in the second round as far as, far as being an option. Yeah, and I'm, I'm always a little bit skeptical of the like sort of uh, tape measure hero types. Like right. we talked about Daniel Fa'alele from Minnesota last year a lot because he was like 6'8 and 380 and uh, like fun. It's it's fun. It's fun for people to cover the draft, right? You know, oh, look at this giant guy, and he runs pretty well for a giant guy. And I don't know, maybe he'll be like the best tackle ever. And then he went in the fourth round and like barely played for the Ravens. And when he did, it was kind of a mess, right? Like, I mean, that's generally how to me those stories play out. 
But I actually thought DeJuan Jones moved pretty well for a guy his size. He didn't look on the field like like he didn't look as big. Like that's I think that's the thing. That's a good thing, right? He didn't look as big as he is, and that's like he didn't. He looked like clumsy or, or stumbling. He moved pretty well. Um, he didn't get like smashed by. You know, someone that I would, you know, look, everybody loses reps in, in the one-on-ones and you could cut up five clips in a row of a guy getting beat and make him look real bad if you want to. Right. But hey, the other guys are good too. You know, like that's, it's kind of the whole point of this. I, I, he just didn't get beat badly or beat, beaten by someone I, I thought he shouldn't have. And so, you know, I, I still have questions, but I think he had a pretty good day. I, I would say that, you know, obviously the, the measurements were off the charts, but I think he looked pretty good and certainly moved himself into that second round conversation for me. Higher, maybe we'll see, but he's another guy. If the Steelers, those big three tackles are off the board at 17. Like, I don't think they should feel like they need to reach. I think there are options there underneath that first group that, that will fit for them in day two. Yeah. And I think trading back should definitely be an option. Making any move should be an option. They, they, they should not be afraid to be aggressive if they see if they if they see something play out the way they want or don't want and say, hey, let's try to maximize our value. Um, I think that there, there's a lot of interesting things. But again, this was just day one of the senior bowl that we're talking about here. Two more days of practice and then a game that everyone will be talking about. We'll keep up with that there. But I'm going to we got to switch pace here. We're going to go back to the Steelers that we know they're on the roster and I haven't done my running back grades yet. We'll talk about those grades with Allen real quick and get his thoughts. Does he have any bus tickets there? We'll find out uh here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. So don't go anywhere, but first, we got to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, is the number one sports book in America and the NFL's official partnered sports book. We're here to talk to you guys about FanDuel because there's a great new deal going on for the Super Bowl. If you download FanDuel right now, you can bet on the Super Bowl 57 with what's called the No Sweat First Bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All that action on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will win, who will score a touchdown. Best of all, you can get paid for win your winnings instantly. Personally, there's nothing better than hitting a same game parlay and then just seeing that go right to your bank account. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on and you'll claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We're also brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat that but don't want all the fat and the calories, this is the ultimate treat for you because it's the ultimate protein bar, and that's Built Bar. Everyone's trying to start getting in shape after the holidays and everything, and you want to find something that's healthy and tasty. Well, that's where Built Bar come in, comes in because all of the Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in so many different flavors too, like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond, and so many more. And all these flavors pack only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but somehow find a way to fit 17 grams of protein in. You, you don't need to wait around to get a box either. But for years, we were always telling you to go to Built.com and order them to be delivered to you. Now you can walk right into your local Walmart and Sam's Club stores and pick up some Built Bars. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today and you can walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with the hit flavors brownie batter and churro. Trust me, when you try Built Bars, you'll thank me later. They're the ultimate built protein bars, and that, of course, is 
Built Bar. As I said before, as I always say on this show, when we do back-to-back ad reads, we keep it rolling, Alan. Let's keep it rolling here. Let's go right into my running back grades. Now, we've been breaking it down. I believe on my grades, I only have left after this defensive line and special teams. So we're almost there on finishing our our grades, our grades segments here uh, or so, stars and skulls. But for those who are new to the show and might have not been around all season, we had this rubric where every game I'd give grades on players. Uh, either if you were kind of just whatever, you got a neutral grade, didn't get anything. But if you were good, you got stars. One stars meant you had a good play, like a decent day. Two stars, great play with a good day. Three stars, elite performance. Keep putting those up. You're going to be, you know, an all pro guy. In reverse, skulls were for bad were, were for bad play. One skull means you just had a bad play, never redeemed yourself. Two skulls means you had a bad game as a whole. Three skulls means you were all time terrible. Or Allen, as he gave Marcus Allen once, a bus ticket grade. Uh, because he was telling him they should have given him a bus ticket home after his stupid penalty against the Panthers. But let's get into some of these grades and let's get some of the easy ones out of the way. And these are like the the guys that come up. I gave Benny Snell a grade because he actually did play for the Steelers. They needed him in reserve to come up. And in the couple of times that he was actually called upon, I thought he did okay. And I gave him a star on each of those performances. Two stars. Never was really a skull because he never had a chance to really make a mistake. I gave him a that, that gives him a C plus on the year. I, I thought Allen, you know, Jalen Warren came in and took his spot, and Jalen Warren did very well. We'll get, we'll get to his grade in a bit. But I thought Benny Snell acquitted himself as like a, a decent, you know, deep option as a running back that, that hey, if you're, you're in a pinch, you can call upon me. Um, and that's a step up from where he was because a lot of people were looking at, at him just like, man, cut that guy after a, after some of the play games that he's had before for the Steelers. Yeah, I think Benny Snell has always been pretty good when you need to give him some volume. Right yeah. where he struggles is as a change of pace guy, and you know with Jalen Warren taking that change of pace role, it sort of let Benny Snell do what he's good at. Right when there was an injury and they needed him for ten to fifteen carries, he was pretty good at it. And when there wasn't, he played special teams, and that's who Benny Snell is. And I think he certainly deserves to be back on this team. And I don't think running back is a position I'm really even looking at, even kind of deep into this draft. I feel like they're pretty set there. I, Anthony McFarland back on the futures contract like yeah let's keep it rolling like I, I don't I don't think there's any reason to shake up the depth at running back those guys have shown that they can do what they're asked to do and, and they're doing their job right and that's that's really right. all you, all you ask them the other guy that we're going to get, get out of the way quick before we get to the top two guys is Derek Watt I gave him three stars in the year I never really gave him a, a skull he was very consistent in short distance yardage. I think there was only one. I think he ran the ball, what, eight times on like third and fourth and one. And seven of those eight times resulted in first downs. Uh, he, I, I thought he did solid in that. He was an okay blocker at times. I thought he was, there, was some, there were some decent blocks. I, I think it's, you know, so he gets a C plus with three stars and no skulls in the season. But I, I think the biggest thing that I had with, with Derek Watt was just that the amount of money that, he, that he's been making for the Steelers, it's going to be tough to bring him back on the same amount when they're they have so many other things to add and fullback. I know fullback in Matt Canada's system has historically been a thing when you go back to the pit days, but I, I just can't see it being that important unless he agrees to some cheaper deal that the Steelers bring him back. Or they say, Hey, Connor Hayward, that's going to be your new job. Cause you're kind of that size anyways. Yeah. I, you know, I think Connor can do a little bit of, of what Derek Watt did offensively, especially as a ball carrier. Connor Hayward's a very, I mean, he was a running back and it was a good college running back. Like he, he can run the ball. Um, the question becomes, you know, what the Steelers have a lot of guys that are in the same, you know, ballpark. 
squat where, um, you know, guys that most of their value is tied up in special teams and they've spent a lot of money on those guys. And I'm not sure they're getting their money's worth. You know, obviously um, Mark Salad has been covered on this show, um, but, you know, Derek Watt and Miles Killebrew and, and there's just a lot of those guys and they're not Miles Boykin, Gunnar Olszewski, like they're spending $10 million on special teamers. And I, you know, were, were their special teams above league average? Probably not. Like, I, I just think it's too much. And if you're looking for a place that, you know, there are some places where the special teams guys like Miles Boykin does provide legitimate wide receiver depth. He was the only yeah. backup outside wide receiver after they traded Chase Claypool. I'm just not sure how much Derek Watt really brings to the table compared to, I don't know, going to find an undrafted fullback or finding one of the later rounds of the draft or just having an extra tight end instead because Connor Hayward, you know, he is a tight end, but you know, he's, he's a different guy. He's a, he's a different body shape than most tight ends are. So maybe you want to get another tight end and, and have four tight ends and instead of three tight ends and a fullback. I don't know. just seems to me like there's a lot working against Derek Watt coming back, but I think he played really well when he got the ball and when he got to play as a fullback this year. Like, I think he did very well. I, I just think the question to me is more about the value of the position than evaluating Derek Watt. I think he did fine. You know, I, I'm just not sure going forward it's a good fit. I hear you on that. Let's get to the top running backs that they had. Let's start with Jalen Warren here. I gave Jalen Warren in the season 10 stars and only one skull. That's a good grade for a B, B this year. I really thought Jalen Warren brought it this year. I think there were sometimes people were overhyping him because I think there were some people that were trying to push, push Najee Harris out the door, which in Pittsburgh we seem to do so quickly with guys who were darlings as rookies, and then as soon as they're not rookies anymore, they hate them, which makes me wonder if that'll happen to Jalen Warren. But I, you know, I was grading him fairly the whole year, and I'm like, man, he did good here. He did good here. He did good here. There was only one game where I was kind of like, yeah, he could have done better. But, like, by and large, as a backup, he was – you talked about the change of pace and did he still not be able to do that. He was that change of pace for Najee Harris, and I thought he really brought it this year. Uh, Eddie Faulkner said we had him on this show uh, in training camp, and he said the Steelers looked at Jalen Warren as the sixth best running back of the class – and when they saw that he was undrafted, they said, well, we got to go get that. And I think he certainly delivered uh, as an undrafted dude to bolster a class that had a pretty good rookie season. Yeah, I think uh, Dylan Warren was very good for where he came from, right? Or for grading on a curve as a rookie undrafted free agent, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, you know, now we're not. And so I think B is very appropriate. He definitely ran out of steam a little bit as the year went on. I think he was better earlier. You know, they kind of they kind of crossed, right? Like people were were talking about Jalen Warren. Oh, he's better better than Najee Harris. And then um, as Najee Harris got healthy and Jalen Warren started to get run down as a rookie running back at the end of his first season, they they kind of they kind of <laughs> crossed paths, right? And so um, I think you know. I was not only impressed with Jalen Warren, but also the Steelers' willingness to use him. You know, Mike Tomlin very famously said, you know, we're going to run him until the wheels fall off, and they didn't mm -hmm. really do that, right? They're, they they leaned into having that change of pace, and I think that Najee Harris will be better for it in the long run, considering what they invested in him in the position. That's really important. So uh, just a great year for a guy that nobody had counted on doing anything coming into uh, training camp to, to find that important of a piece as an undrafted free agent, is a big win for the Steelers. I hear that entirely. Let's get to Najee Harris's grade because I gave him on the year when I went back and I was looking over his good and bad grades, and he really picked it up in the second half of the season. I gave him 20 stars on the year, 
only five skulls. And a lot of those five skulls came early on where I thought that he could have, you know, there were times he could have been a little bit sharper. But by and large, you know, when I looked back, even in some of the games where he didn't have a whole lot of yards, he usually had a touchdown. Like the Cincinnati game in the opener, he, if he doesn't catch that touchdown from Mitch Trubisky, they probably don't win that game. Uh, you know, you look at the touchdown he, he had against the Colts, you know, he didn't have a lot of yards in that game, but they needed him to make a play like that to get them that win. And I felt like that kind of neutralized a lot out of chances where you could have said, well, he didn't do enough in those games. But by and large, I thought Najee Harris – kind of proved especially in the second half of the season that he can be the guy for this franchise if they get this offensive line to kick into another gear Allen, i gave him an a minus on the year because that's just my stars to skulls ratio of more 15 more stars than the skulls in the year that's just where the pace has been as far as giving got a guy's a end of the year grade is Najee harris has he done enough to prove to you that he's that guy for the steelers or is this going to be a guy where in about two three more years when his rookie deals up your pet. I mean, it can still be that be that situation, but is there is this kind of like a thing where it's like he's not going to be as important to this offense in the next couple of years as that they're trying to build? I think he is going to be. I think he's he's a guy, even if he's not the guy. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I he's a you. he's a good NFL running back. He's not so good that you just throw him out there with a mess of an offense. And he just it's just like Derrick Henry. It doesn't matter. Just hand him the ball right. anyway. There he goes. Right. So he's not he's not that, but he was very good. He he certainly proved that if you put him in something approaching a normal offensive environment, that he he can do very well. Uh, I thought he really has improved as a receiver so much. If you go back, like not just this year, last year, but two years. If you go back to like, the start of his. Last year at Alabama to now, there's been a dramatic improvement in in his receiving ability. I think he still could be a better, maybe better is the right word, more consistent blocker. Um, mm. You know, he, he's not. I agree with that. Not bad um, at all, but but not always like super consistent. Um, and, and I so and I think he's getting a lot better at learning how to run behind an offensive line that is just not dominating everybody. You know, he had a pretty easy job at Alabama. Mm -hmm. It is a different, it is a different role when you're running back and you have to make, you know, choices like, am I going to take the for sure three or try to get five, you know, and, and that's difficult to figure out you know, how to, how to work that math in your head at a thousand miles an hour, where there's 11 guys trying to kill you. Like, and so, I think he got a lot better as the year went on at, you know, making the right decision when it came to what's a play I can break or when do I just need to put my head down and get yardage. And those are the kind of things that it's really just encouraging to me that even though like his yardage total ended up about the same place his rookie year, I think the running back that Najee Harris is at the end of his second year is the best we've seen of him. Um, you know, sort of, forget the stats, but just evaluating the player. I think he looked the best we've seen right here at the end of his second year. And so that's right where he wanted to be headed into next season. I think an A-minus is a pretty solid grade for that. Um, you know, there, there are not that many running backs that I feel like do a lot better than he did in the circumstances he was in this year. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that that's the thing, too, is that, you know, most of the season, well, not most, but half of the season, the you know, Steelers offensive line was getting him killed. I mean, he, they, like he, he'd line up in the back and people say, oh, he can't run. And I'm like, he's dodging two defensive tackles before he gets to the line of scrimmage. What do you want him to do? But at the same time, um, 
I, you know, you want to see him kind of, you know, still find a way to win. And in that second half of the season, he worked with the offensive line to do that. The Steelers said, you know, he even said like, you know, they, you know, he talked to the coaches and they had to change up a few things and how they wanted to operate uh, to get to make things work in the second half of the season. And they did. I mean, he, he, you saw it just in the, in the production um, in the first half of the season. I think he had what only one game where he got over 70 yards in the in the first half and then you know he had one two three four five six games over over that mark uh in the second half of the season so part of it's that offensive line but again i think that's just another reason why if this team can get you know two really good additions in the offensive line be it on free agents to the nfl draft and this offensive line isn't just figuring out how to be okay but winning a lot more often you know you being a dominant presence on the field for the steelers I think that puts Najee Harris in the position where now those decisions that you're talking about, where he's, you know, finding a way to turn one yard into three yards or two yards into five yards, then he's turning four or five yards into eight to 10 yards or, you know, four or five yards into a touchdown and things like that. That's where I think, and that's what we saw in Alabama that made him so special was when he was able to get to that second level, he made people pay for it. The Steelers just haven't gotten them to the second level a whole lot this year. Yeah, and I think you know the, the continued growth to me is the big part of that, right? Is yeah. that you just feel like he keeps getting better, and um, you know, will he eventually? You know, what what happens in three years when his rookie contracts out? I don't know. It's hard to say. That's um, a position that involves taking a lot of hits, and a lot of guys go through a lot between here and there. But I think they should feel pretty good about where he is going into year three, and you know, I, I don't know what else. Um, it was obviously you'd hope for health, right? That would be the the thing that you know you'd hope for that he could have going forward where we could see what he really is like in a full healthy season right now. But you never know if you're gonna get that. You kind of have to figure it out sometimes. I think he did a pretty good job of that. I hear you on that. The Steelers running backs delivered this year. And just a thought on, on this here. We don't the Steelers don't probably don't draft a running back this year, right? If they add somebody, so. it's it, it's seventh round or undrafted territory. Yeah, I feel I, like I they're solidified. I feel, I feel like they'll probably bring Benny Snell back on a cheap contract, and they already have Ant on that futures deal, and that'll be it. Maybe a fullback. I think that's Maybe. I think it's more likely uh, to be a fullback than a running back uh, because. Maybe you could get a rookie uh, that could do what Derek Watt did for a little bit less so they can use some of that money elsewhere. We talked about the defense and how they have so many holes everywhere. I feel like running back is running back is is probably the position I think they're least likely to draft a player at. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. They hit with Najee Harris. They've really hit with Jalen Warren, getting him undrafted. I think there's a lot going for them there. Um, and I, I agree with you. So that being said, it's a really good running back class. <laughs> and, and that's the crazy part. Like Bajar, like Bajar Robinson, like mm, there, there's some really good running backs. You're absolutely right about that this year. Um, but hey, that's why we're looking at offensive linemen, defensive linemen, corner, uh, wide, wide, wide receiver, linebacker, all those types of guys. And hey, maybe, maybe Allen has a point. Maybe they need to look at tight end because then you could move Connor for Hayward into that sort of fullback H-back type of role where he is also helping at tight end, but taking the role of Derek Watt and you're not paying out big money at that position. But we'll keep track of all things there at the Senior Bowl. If you want to find Allen's work, go to SteelersNow.com because he's got all the great stuff there. And he's going to he talked to Osiris Torrance or Torrance Osiris. I'm going to keep mixing up his Osiris first name. There we go. Thank you. I it's, thought it was Osiris. It's an Osiris. unusual first name. It is. It is. But you talk to him. You're going to have that interview 
on your on, on your website. Let people know where they can find it and find you and all the work that you do. Yeah, Steelers.com, Pittsburgh Sports Live on YouTube, uh, at A Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter and most other social medias. And uh, I don't know if you're in um, if you're in Mobile, you can find me at the bar in like 20 minutes probably. There you go. I'll let Alan go get drunk in, in Mobile, Alabama. Alan, you have a great time. I'm your host, Chris Carter, the Locked On Steelers podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Check out this show on, on all podcasting platforms, especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it on YouTube. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily episodes. Back tomorrow with more on the Senior Bowl and, and Steelers talk right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Mm-hmm.